Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by Amazing Spiral Comics in the Rotunda Mall in Hamden, Maryland. Selling singles online as I Want My MTG. And you can find our online store on our website, IWantMyMTG.com. You can also find our podcast every week on thestarkingtonpost.com, top8magic.com, o2drop.com, and mtgcast.com. Welcome to episode number 24 of Yo! MTG Taps. I think we just kind of had episode number 23, and then it was like a bunch of GP stuff, which I didn't count as an episode number. Right, it was according to the um, numbering in like the file names, mm-hmm. they were still parts of episode 23. 23 right? I had, to, I had to put them, I had to give them some sort of number, and I figured the way I want them to show up is right after episode 23, so... Right. So, uh, PT San Juan was oh, this weekend. Oh, right. There yeah. was some sort of magic event, too. Exactly. Congratulations to Paolo Vitor Dama de Rosa. The, uh, well, congratulations to you for having to pronounce it. Oh, thanks. I, I was going to say PVDDR, but I didn't want anybody to get confused with, like... Dance Dance Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution, exactly. But, yeah, his sixth Pro Tour Top 8, and he finally won this one. Uh, I was rooting for him. I-, I wanted Brad Nelson to win once I heard he got to uh, the top eight, but he lost in the quarterfinals, and uh, Paulo Vitor was my next choice. And So so, uh, so we're going to talk about the Pro Tour. Um, I think I'd like to talk a little bit more about Grand Prix DC, because we didn't really do a wrap-up of it at all. We yeah. just kind of posted our coverage of it. Man, that was an awesome time. Did that actually happen? Yeah, seriously. It was, like, it was amazing. Like, I, okay, so I want to Staying Sunday night, obviously, because I got the interview with Brad like mm-hmm. at like two in the morning. Right after drunk off my ass, um, <laughs> you were like, "What did you say?" You I said, said pro, pro, tour tour D- 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 uh, "Pro Tour DC, uh, Grand Prix DC." Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, you know, so I get a ride home from Lloyd and Mark the following morning, and like they drop me off at Royal Farms, and like. I get, like, a soda and stuff, and I'm walking home, and, like, I'm just, like, so out of it. I'm just, like, I'm in Rosedale. What's, did that happen? Like, I was, like, man, I must have just had, like, a rough weekend or something, got sick, and, like, hallucinated being down in Virginia hanging out with all these awesome people. Um, But it really happened. Um, Yeah, it really did. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. You, uh, you played... In the GP, and... Um, um, yeah, I played Jund. Um, which is funny, because, you know, as, much, have, as, as much as we... We have a history um, yeah. of, of not being known as the biggest proponents of Jund. But, um, yeah, I just played Jund. It was pretty much straight Jund, too, on, uh, on, um, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, thanks to... Uh, basically, thanks to Mike Flores, um, you know, telling me not to play Mono Red... I was like, well, I want to play a strong deck then, and like that was basically my best option at that point. Um, and I couldn't get the Venge Vines and the Sarkins, and I did really try, Mike. I tried really hard. Um, you know, if money wasn't an object, it would have been that much easier just to pick them up. But money was an object that I had not enough items of. Right. So, um, 
So I wound up just playing straight Jund on Saturday. And um, it was fun. Um, the I wound up going 2-3-1, and I dropped when I realized, uh, as I mentioned in the GP coverage episode, when I realized that Malakir Blood Witch didn't stop all of the trample damage uh, from Baneslayer with Conscription, yeah. I just was like, I don't... That was my cyborg plan against that, and it's terrible. <laughs> so I don't want to have to like deal with that for the rest of the day. So yeah. So I dropped to that point. Um, so round one, I, I pl- sit across from Ian Rudy, uh, who is also Ian Rudy on Twitter. And, um, and I start talking to him. He's like, I know your voice. He's like, yo, MTG taps. He's like, oh, God. I mean, you were wearing the shirt. I was wearing the shirt, but he was like, you're Big Head Joe. I was like, yeah, dude, I am. Like, it was just so weird that, like, someone recognized me. Out of, like, one, out of almost 2,000 people, I have to sit across from a guy who, like, recognizes my voice. But it was great, though, because I was like, oh, so you listen to us, right? He was like, yeah. I'm like, great. You're going to be really surprised by what I'm playing. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this one's gonna be a shocker today. Uh, so that was cool. And, and oddly, like, I was considering playing Jund as well, which is just kind of even weirder, I think, because I think I sort of disliked Jund more than you did. I was just bored of it, and I think you know, right? I think that was the whole thing, bored of seeing it. And then what happened was. Uh, I guess I'm a deck hipster or something. Like, anything that's really popular, it sucks. Like, I don't like it. So Jund, you know, was the popular deck. I'm like, I can't like that. It's too trendy. I need to play something that's, like, not as trendy, like Blue-White Control. But then Blue-White Control got all big. I'm like, I can't play Blue-White Control. Maybe I'll play Jund. <laughs> or Vengevine Naya, as I ended up playing. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Vengevine Naya was pretty good to you, right? Absolutely. It certainly was. I Almost day two. That was one, you know, one win away from making day two. But no, so we had no buy. So round one, um, I played against Mythic Conscription. Uh, it was a struggle. Like I think we g- game one went to we might have had twenty minutes left in the round at that point, um, and then we went to time and I won game two, also. But like on like turn two or three of extra turns. Um, so so I was I won round one. Round two. I played against like a red black aggro kind of thing. It, I thought it was vampires, but it really wasn't enough vampires to be. Uh, it was the meta hater, y- yeah. the blue white hater. Yeah, right? yeah, something like that. Exactly. So he, black knight. Uh, I never saw black knight. Right. Um, I saw abyssal persecutor though. Oh wow. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly that, but he uh, he played persecutor, and um, I I don't think I may have two would that one as well. I'm, I don't think he won any of those. Um, but it was a little bit of a struggle, and he, he plays Thought Hemorrhage, I'm like, there go my Venge Vines, and he goes, Baneslayer Angel, and I'm in my head cheering, because there's not a Baneslayer Angel in my 75. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, great. And he played another one, because I had uh, rangered up two Wild Nacatles, and he uh, he played a second Thought Hemorrhage. I have one Nacatle now on the board, and one in my hand, which he knew about, and he names Wild Nacatle. I guess he wanted the three damage, but it really wasn't significant. Like, I might have been at, like, 11 or something at that point, so I'm like, okay, I'm at 8, and he's like, a swing for 2, and whatever, with something, I don't know, like, I think I ended that game on, like, 6 or 7 life, it wasn't like he was killing me that turn, or he had some kind of crazy alpha strike that I disrupted, it was just like, he thought hemorrhaged me for my 
uh, there's only two Nakadals in the deck, so he didn't do anything but do three damage and make me discard one. Right. It was like a expensive, crappy Blightning. Also, it doesn't yeah. seem like a very mana-efficient play there. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is pretty uh, awful. All right, okay. So, uh, I mean, he at least knew that he was getting the three damage in, but, I mean, Blightning would have been way better, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, cheaper two-stars. Du- duress, Lightning Bolt yeah, would well, have I mean, been that, more mana-efficient. Right, but saying. not card economy-efficient, right? Because two cards instead of one. True. But, yeah, no, it, it was just it was an odd decision, I thought. But, uh, but you know, whatever, that's what he, he did. Um, so that was round two. I'm not going to go through every round exactly, but I know, but round three was my first loss because, well, not because of this, but I think there were a lot of contributing factors to the fact that I lost round three. One, I think in my head, I was like, I'm probably going to be okay at the beginning, and then I'll probably start losing around round three or four. And so round three I go, and the guy says he had like one or two buys, and I'm like, this guy's really good, he had buys, I'll probably lose, and I lost, you know? I mean, so that, I think my mental, you know, state, definitely, you know, me thinking I'll probably lose, like I wasn't upset about it, I was like, I'll probably lose. So uh, there were other contributing factors. One being that he drew all four uh, Bloodbraid Elves. That's going to be a tough game no matter what. But I think I could have at least made the game last longer. I think I punted it to some extent. I don't know if I would have been able to win. And I I keep saying game because it's not like he drew all four Bloodbraids in both games. But I think game one I was just, uh, I probably should have mulliganed. I was terribly mana screwed. Uh, or mana flooded, I think was this. I think one I was mana flooded, one I was mana screwed. I can't really remember, but I think I could have dug in my heels and maybe made the games more of a of a game, maybe. But right. I think partly it was my mindset thinking, oh, this guy's just got you know he's playing Jund, which is a good deck. He he had buys that probably you know he's better than me. It was just totally a mindset thing, and I lost, and I was just like, oh. Cool, well, whatever, you know, I'm 2-1, and then I just kept winning from there. It was like, I got to the point where I was 6-1. I, I played against Lee Stett of Mana Nation. He was a cool guy. I think he was a little frustrated after he lost. But, I mean, he was, uh, I played played Mythic Conscription twice and beat it both times. I played um, uh, Jund twice, or, or maybe three times. I'm trying to remember. I'm, ha- I'm having trouble specifically, but Lee was playing Jund, and I, and I beat him... Um, I think that might have been in three games, but I can't remember. But um, but that that was cool to to play against somebody I actually knew. Just like you know, you recognized or that guy recognized uh, your voice. Right. You know, Ian was like, "Hey, it's Big Head Joe." I was like, I saw his name. I'm like, "Oh, it's Lee Stett from Man and Nation. Cool." So uh, so that was neat. Um, but then I got to round eight and um, and I played against Ben Hayes. Um, anybody who's been paying close attention to the coverage of the Pro Tour. Ben actually made, I want to say he, he missed top eight on tiebreakers mm. uh, of the the Pro Tour this past weekend. So, um, you know, you look at somebody's name and you think, that, have I heard that name before or read it somewhere? Um, is this somebody who who I've read about? Especially getting into the rounds where you're about to, you're getting close to day two, you think I'm probably, I, I might be playing against somebody who is pretty good. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of... People. I was just thinking, have I read his name somewhere before? Oh, yeah, Ben. I've read that name all <laughs> sorts of places. That's just what I keep thinking. Like, I mean his full name. Fair so, enough. Uh, yeah, so, so quite uh, you know, ironically, he was playing blue-white control, and I lost to him. Um, and uh, then round nine, I still had a chance if I won round nine to make day two, because that was only my second loss um, in round eight. And uh, 
yet another blue-white control, and I lost. But I was still, like, even though I was partly disappointed that I didn't make day two, of course. Of course. I was just ecstatic to have made it to that point where I'm playing in round nine and possibly making four day Yeah, two. playing four day two. Like, that. I didn't think I was going to do that. Way better than, like, most of the rest, like, than the rest of your crew, save for Kelly Reed, could have said. Right, yeah. You know, because, like, we Well, all, Lloyd made day two. Lloyd made day two. Instead and Kelly. Kelly Reed made day two. Um, but it was super exciting. I definitely made plenty of mistakes, and I hopefully, uh, hopefully, I noticed most of them. <laughs> you know, that's the best you can hope for. I know uh, I totally like forgot about Bane Slayer Angel against the against Ben Hayes. Like he didn't play at game one, but that was the game where I basically had. I think I had um, my opener had like some fetch lands, uh, uh, noble hierarch, and knight of the reliquary. Which seemed it was a very loose keep, but I thought I'll play a knight and I have a lot of fetch lands. He's going to be a big knight, and hopefully I draw into more gas. But like all I drew were lands. Eventually, I think I saw a basilisk collar, but that was it. I had three spells the whole game mm. in game one. So I mean, he oh he dealt with the knight. It was you know he like o-ringed or passed it pretty quickly. I, I don't even know if I got to swing with it once. But right. I then I'm sitting there. White, you probably didn't. Right. Yeah. So it was like I have a hierarch. Land go, land go. Uh, you know, I'm swinging for one, and and equipping a basilisk collar to the hierarch isn't great. It's like okay, you know, swing go. It was just ridiculous. It wasn't very threatening. Um, so yeah, I obviously lost that game. But then when I when I went to game two to sideboard, I'm like, hmm. Well, what do I want? I want pithing needles, and uh, and I want Kasali pride mages for his O rings. And, uh, sure, I'll just side out the Cunning Spark Mage Basilisk Collar combo. And then he plays, like, Baneslayer Angel turn five, and I'm like, okay. Oh, right, I totally have zero ways to deal with Baneslayer Angel in my entire deck. Yeah. So it was, I was like, that was, that punted that one really, really well. It was a good punt. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like an onside <laughs> kick that I didn't even try to recover, you know? <laughs> Take the ball. Right. I'm gonna onside kick this, but not try to not yeah. try to get it. Okay, so uh, I was just like, great. So, but it's like a it's like a quarterback goes back to make a pass, fourth quarter, fourth down, and he just lobs it to one of the linebackers. Right, like here, man. Right, have a God, ball. I don't, God, if we tie up this game, we're gonna overtime, and I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, so then, at least I got to. You know, uh, sideboard more correctly in the second matchup against Blue White Control in round nine, and that was more of a struggle. But y- you watched a lot of that one, and I felt like I wasn't drawing very well in that game either. I did. Uh, I was looking. I think he had a, a Bane Slayer at one point, and I drew the path for it. And I'm like, great, but he had the negate, so I'm like, great, I have an answer, but he has an answer for my answers. Why can't I have answer for his answer to my answer? That's how I felt this past Sunday playing Mythic against Mythic. Yeah. I'm like, how come he gets his O-rings, but I don't get my Kwasali Pride mages? <laughs> like, this sucks. I was so pissed off. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I'm not playing Mythic. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing any decks that, uh, that lose anymore. <laughs> no, but I'm never losing at Magic again. Yeah, so it was a great time. The, the whole experience was awesome, and uh, and I just I would love to just do it again, you know, even if the exact same thing happened. 
Yeah, <laughs> I just want to do it again anyway. For real. It was amazing. So, um, the, uh, I, I know I kept thinking during the tournament, like, wow, I wish I had Jace. You know, so then I saw Chapin's list, the next level Bant list, which was basically Vengevine's, it was basically Vengevine Naya without the Bloodbraid Elves and the Cunning Spark Mage, but, you know, instead he had, like, Jace and Wall of Omens and things, and, uh, so it was like, wow, that deck looks really great. Uh, that's what I want to be playing. It's kind of like blue-white control with Vengevines in a strange way. And Seagate Oracle, I've been wanting to play that. I really like the looks of Brad Nelson's blue-white control list. Apparently so does Joe, because we both ended up adjusting our lists to match his very closely. Yeah, almost card for card. Yeah, so uh, I, I that's another thing. I, I don't like mirror matches. I think we've talked about that before. And that was another reason I played Vengevine Naya. So this morning, Joe and I are sitting here playing, and uh, and he I knew he only had blue-white control, so I'm like, I guess I'm not playing blue-white control, so I've been sitting here playing Vengevine Naya. And uh, I don't know, it's not it's a good deck, but it feels like it just loses. It's not a good matchup against blue-white control. It doesn't seem... I, I would think it would have a good matchup, but it really doesn't feel like it from my end. Right, right now I feel like a lot of decks don't have a good matchup against it, which is why I'm running it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like the deck's really good. Um... Real quick, before we get into more business, like mm-hmm. I just want to, can I can I just run down a list of shout outs? I want to give a shout out to some of the opponents that I played. I wish I had more of these pages with me, but I can only find a couple of them. Let's see: Zachary Fitzgerald, Bruce Calhoun, Mike Melnick, Bruno Borges, who was a spot on, awesome guy. Let me just say that I've never had more fun playing Jund against blue-white control when they get quadruple spreading C's draw in my entire life. He was a really nice guy. Um, Ian Rudy, obviously. Um, a bunch of other opponents. Uh, Lauren Lee. God, there's so many people. Billy Moreno. Ryan Bogner, uh, who was a who was a cool guy. Who else did we talk to? Kelly Reed. Man, that guy's Mr. Cool. Scotty Mack. Man, that guy's really cool, too. Man, that guy's really cool, too. Thomas Dodd. Absolutely. Michael J., his buddy, who I don't remember his real name, although he kept referring to himself as the real Michael J. Um, who are you talking about? Michael J.? Like, I thought you were talking about Mike Flores. No, well, definitely shout out to Mike Flores. Mm-hmm. Um... But Thomas Dodd's friend, Mike, uh, oh, finished 12th. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished 12th, uh, queued for uh, Amsterdam. John the Bear, uh, Lloyd and Mark, obviously, all the O2 drop crew. Um, Congrats to Josh Wagner. Yeah, man. Josh yeah. Wagner made top eight with Royal Assassin in his sideboard of Jund. Um, oh, also, congrats to Josh Wagner, who made top eight. With Royal Assassin in his sideboard in Jund. Um, <laughs> Michael J. Majors is Tom. Michael J. Majors? Tom. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, great. That's uh, Thomas Dodd's friend. Yeah. So, uh, he Good guy. Good guy. There, uh, there, I mean, there were so many people that were just awesome over the weekend. I can't, like... I can't think of any like of everyone off the top of my head right yeah. now, but I've just named, like, 100,000 people. Awesome. I bet you that's going to make for very entertaining listening for those people that aren't on that list. So, uh, you want to move on to the Pro Tour? Sound good? 
Yeah, and the coolest thing is, neither one of us have looked at any of these deck lists yet. Right, I, I kind of I looked at them, but... I looked at Zvi's deck tech, and that's it. And, like, everything else, like, I've, I've heard a few things here and there. I know some of the common archetypes that were going around. So we had, uh, obviously, Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa wins against uh, Guillaume Matignon from, uh, I assume, France. <laughs> <laughs> We had Andrea Giarola, or Andrea Giarola, uh, Noah Schwartz, Jeremy Neiman, Josh utter Layton from Channel Fireball, uh, Kutaro Utsuka, and Brad Nelson, also uh, all in top eight. Um, the format, besides the, the draft, was block constructed. So um, most of you probably know this, but like block constructed is absolutely the... It, it, the best way to know what's going to happen in standard in the fall. Um, just the last three block constructed uh, pro tours in 2006, uh, or it might have been in 2007, but it was Time Spiral Block, Mystical Teachings one, Guillaume Wafatapa. Uh, then Lorwyn Block, um, I can't remember if Fairies won, but Fairies was the big block deck, right? And obviously that it, it was already kind of dominating standard. It had a place in standard already, uh, but you know it it stayed in standard after uh, Time Spiral rotated, and um, and Shards of Alara came out. Fairies was still you know rampant. So uh, and then last summer we had the uh, the Block Pro Tour. Jund was all over the place. So just just to give you an example, you know those are the decks that showed up in the block pro tours in the past and of course they transferred over to standard uh pretty well so the the decks that are in this pro tour should be something to look at these are portents of post alara basically <laughs> you know when alara block rotates out these are the kind of decks that we can expect to see uh at least some form of post alara i guess uh let, let's talk about some of those decks now we have Let's go with this deck list, block constructed deck list of the top eight competitors. We can talk about those. There you go. Um, Noah Schwartz was running basically a mono green. It was kind of like Eldrazi green, but it wasn't elves. Uh, it's basically Eldrazi green ramp uh, with Beastmaster Ascension, Arbor Elf, Draga Tree Speaker, Kozilek's Predator, Lo Lotus Cobra, Nest Invader, Vengevine, Wolfbriar Elemental, and one River Boa, um, and two more in the sideboard. Uh, basically, it's just mono green smash you. Basically, you know, like it, it's awesome. It looks great, and I think that's really exciting to think mono green might have a place in standard post Alara. Like uh, maybe not elves, but just another smash mono green beatdown deck. Jamie Wakefield has to be excited about Shit. about this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Jamie Wakefield, for those of you who don't know, is known as the king of fatties. He was a pro player about 10 years ago. I think he's the one that came up with Secret Force, which mm -hmm. was a Verdant Force deck. Yeah, he um, He also has Quest for the Pro Tour, his book, which is about his quest for the Pro Tour. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, and, and now he's come back to Magic, and he's writing for Star City Games. Yeah. And uh, on a, a second Quest for the Pro Tour. Mm -hmm. again, and he's trying to do it his way with, with the green decks. Then we had... Uh, Guillaume Matignon, uh, who uh, was also playing something sort of similar, although this one's blue-green. Um, he's Red. he's got oh, there's, that's right. Yeah, uh, there's <laughs> mountain popped up. Right, run random mountain here. 
Uh, but basically, he's got um, he's got the flame slash and the burst lightning. That's the red. I just didn't see those. They're kind of like hidden in there. But he's got like uh, oh, Emrakul's Hatcher. Sorry, I read that and thought of Kozilek's Predator, mm-hmm. which of course is also in the deck. So <laughs> this it's actually quite a different take on it. I just saw the uh, Beastmaster Ascension again and the ramp and thought it was something similar with just maybe a splash. But no, it looks like a uh, it's a blue green red list. Emrakul's Hatcher, Kozilek's Predator. Nest Invader and Seagate Oracle are the only creatures. Um, then he's got Awakening Zone, Beastmaster Ascension, Bestial Menace, Bestial Menace, uh, Burst Lightning, Eldrazi Monument, Flame Slash, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Sea Beyond, and Unified Will, which is great in this kind of deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, it's it's sort of built around Eldrazi Monument and and Beastmaster Ascension, you know, in that he's uh, he's making his creatures. You know, ridiculous. Uh, he's got Awakening Zones, you know, so he's got Ramp. He's got Jace to uh, to draw him into the right cards and do all the cool stuff Jace does. Um, Josh Utter Layton from Channel Fireball playing a, uh, what is it? It looks like a, another green, red, blue list. This one's somewhat different. Um, with Avenger of Zendikar, Goblin Ruin Blaster, Lotus Cobra, Oracle of Maldaya, and Sphinx of Lost Truths as his creature suite. And then he's got four Jace, uh, Flame Slash, Explore, Deprive, Comet Storm, and Burst Lightning. So uh, this one's kind of a... It, it's kind of like a control list in a way. Like, a, a control with some extra kind of ramps that... Ramps them into these spells, but at the same time they can also beat in. You know, like Lotus Cobra. It, it's a ramp creature, but it can also swing and and all that kind of thing. Uh, Ruin Blaster taking care of different uh, man lands and things like that. Um, but like Comet Storm to both clear the board and you know, hit somebody in the face pretty much. Uh, and with all that ramp, it's you know it's a good win condition too. Avenger of Zendikar is pretty ridiculous. Avenger of Zendikar seems to have made quite a showing this week. Yeah. Um, I keep hearing about him being in decks. Avenger and Oracle of Maldaya. So both of those are cards that I think you can pick up pretty cheap right now. I think I'd grab them. I mean, it seems like Eldrazi Monument also. I mean, though it's not as cheap, but like... Right, but it might be a decent idea too. But uh, but as far as cards that are pretty cheap, like Avenger's like three fifty, and Oracle's like a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. basically. So uh, you can just grab those here and there just to have them in case something like this shows up in standard in a couple months. Or even now, I mean, people might... The thing with Avenger of Zendikar, and, um, and we'll bring this up in a few minutes, uh, basically, his, uh, his plant tokens are very susceptible to martial coup. So that's sort of at least one thing contributing to him being not as good in standard as he is in block. Martial coup and Maelstrom Pulse. I'm sorry, I didn't mean martial coup. I meant Maelstrom Pulse. Right. Um... Yeah, so Maelstrom Pulse being uh, a good foil to his plant tokens. Um, then we have Paulo Vitor Damodarosa playing almost the same list. Actually, is it the identical? Exact same it is identical. At least yeah. a, a cursory glance makes it look pretty identical. Same. Yeah, so um, pretty interesting. Uh, Kotaro Utsuka is playing uh, Kozilek, Oracle of Maldaya, Overgrown Battlement, Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. Wall of Omens. So this is a, like a green-white ramp list. He's got Gideon, Everflowing Chalice, uh, All is Dust, Ancient Stirrings, Growth Spasm. 
Basically, green white ramp into Eldrazi. With two Eye of Ugin and four Eldrazi Temple. Temple. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, Andrea Giarola is playing Mono Red mm-hmm. with four Bushwhacker, four Goblin Guide, four Cargan Dragon Lord, and four Plated Geopede. No Kiln Fiend. Interesting. Hmm, that is really interesting. Uh, people seem to be raving a lot about Kiln Fiend. And kite Sail on the sideboard. He's got Kite Sail, yeah, in the sideboard, which uh, gives his creatures flying, and I guess. Seems good uh, against Wall of Omens. Yeah, it's definitely. Especially for this, you know, for a Mono Red list. Right. He's got four Burst Lightning, four Devastating Summons, four Searing Blaze, four Stagger Shock, four Zekdar uh, Shrine Expedition. It's interesting because this is like the rule of nine, which have you uh, read about that? I think it's Mana Nation has the, has that guy that writes about the rule of nine. No. Um, basically, you pick nine cards, four of all of them, and then 24 lands. That's what it is. <laughs> Every card, he picked nine cards and played four of each of them and has uh, a mana base. You know, uh, the, the mana base isn't quite as simple, but four Scalding Tarn, four Arid Mesa, four Teetering Peaks, one Smoldering Spires, and eleven Mountains. Um, and, of course, the sideboard is less straightforward as well. He's got four Ruin Blasters, four Punishing Fire, and four Tuck Tuck the Explorer showing up at the Pro Tour. Nice. Um, and then one Mark of Mutiny and two Kite Sail. Brad Nelson running the Mono Green Beastmaster Ascension Eldrazi Speed's Monument. List. Yeah, it's V's list, exactly. Um, so, uh, pretty much what we already had mentioned in new Eldrazi Green, next level Eldrazi Green. This is interesting. Jeremy Neiman playing uh, what looks like a blue-white kind of beatdown list, right? It's like it's like white weenie with blue in it, kind of. He's got Core Duelist. I'm guessing the reds yeah, for the sideboard. Right. Uh, yeah, he's got um, Core Firewalker, Core Skyfisher... Seagate Oracle, Steplinks, Stoneforge Mystic, and uh, Adventuring Gear, Deprive, Gideon Jura, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and Journey to Nowhere. And in the sideboard, he's got Basilisk Collar, um, uh, Cunning Spark Mage. Yeah, so so he's got red in here. It's just uh, it's just for the sideboard though. Uh, Deprive, Journey to Nowhere, Refraction Trap, uh, which is like the the expensive version of Harm's Way, right? Right, except it, it, if you're playing it, against Mono Red, which is... Uh, right, it, it, yeah, if you're playing against Mono Red, that's... What you want it for. Exactly. So, not bad. Uh, Spell Pierce and Vapor Snare. That's really interesting. Pretty interesting list. So those are the top eight uh, competitors' block deck lists. We have the top eight booster draft list, the top eight block constructed lists. There's top block constructed Oh, there we go. Here's some. Here's some. Okay, that's actually going to help. Right. Uh, ben Hayes, Hayes, right, right at the top, uh, playing a uh, looks like Ooh. a blue-green kind of monument list. It's like he's got four Jiraga Tree Speakers, four Lotus Cobra, four Nest Invader, three River Boa, four Vengevine, and four Wolfbriar Elemental. So the the creature suite's entirely green, um, but he's got Eldrazi Monument into the Royal Jace, the Mind Sculptor, and Unified Will as his. Uh, as his spell suite or non-creature suite, which right. all of which are blue except for Eldrazi Monument, so that's really interesting. The sideboard: uh, three Deprive, four Narcolepsy, two Paralyzing Grasp, one Palaka Worm, two Tajuru Preserver, and three Vapor Snare. Um, wow, that's really neat. Okay. Only blue spells, only green creatures. Yeah. What the hell does Paralyzing Grasp do? It's uh. Doesn't untap. Yeah, it's okay. basically uh, what's it called? Pacifism in a way. Yeah. It's, it's another pacifism variant. So, 
Uh, we have Eugenio Ooh. Nessie playing a red, blue red, blue red green, blue red green. Uh, Seems uh, to be a popular combo. Yeah, it really does. Um, Jace seems good. Yeah, keeps showing up. Uh, Godenis Vidugiris. I'm not going to pronounce that right. I know Godenis is how to pronounce the first name, but Vidugiris is my best attempt at his last play, name. Play mono green. Mono green. Scroll down next down. level monument. Curious about something. Uh, well, there's some Gideons. That's the first Gideons I've seen. No, there were Gideons in uh, in the top eight. That are the, the the guys that were playing. In oh, were eight. they? Um, yeah. One of them at least. Yeah, yeah I think it was in the. Uh, I have to say, like really? Jeremy Neiman. That was it. It was it was in the the white weenie with yeah. blue list. That's where I was. What I was thinking. So, so yeah, uh, Lucas Florent playing uh, playing basically a blue white control list. Yeah. Yeah, Sphinx of Lost Truth, Wall of Omens, those are the only creatures. Sphinx of Lost Truth seems like it could... I mean, it's already good. People know it's good. But it's but, not worth anything. Yeah, so, I mean, that could be something that's going to start showing up after Alara rotates, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to scroll down here and see if there's something that really sticks out at us. But a lot of this stuff is really... Uh, it's kind of a mix between blue-white control, uh, blue-green-red control... Um, here's another mono-red Devastating Summons list. Uh, we've got the next level Eldrazi green. You know, my name for it, anyway. Mm. There's Oust. I haven't seen that uh, in any of the other lists. Then again, I'm not looking for it, but... Daniel Gardner playing... Uh, looks like a ramp into Kozilek and Ulamog list. Uh, basically, this is a different version of it. This is kind of blue-white control ramping into... Ulamog and Kozilek wasn't uh, the other one was was a little different. The other one was more like was yeah. <laughs> the other one was the mono green kind of ramping into the Eldrazi. So really, uh, we have a pretty healthy format. It looks like, uh, although one color seems to be missing. You notice black. there's no black. I mean, and vampires was around. Jerry T played vampires. At, I mean, and that's just off the top of my head. I know he played vampires, but. Right. Uh, Really, like, where, where are the swamps? Uh, they didn't seem to show up as much as some of the other colors, anyway. I mean, we were just going, basically, going from the top down uh, with the, the best records to the worst. Ben Hayes having thirty points, uh, and, and Noah Schwartz also having thirty points, but Noah made top eight, and Ben narrowly missed, apparently. Um, so we weren't seeing swamps for quite a bit. Uh, the first swamp shows up. At 22 points in the uh, the deck list of Lucas Jaklovsky playing vampires, so hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Now I wonder if Wizards saw any of this kind of thing in their future future league, you know, because it always seems like one color's the worst. And even though we have vampires around and Jund is around, so there's plenty of black now. Uh, what? Here's what something you know. Here's a peek into the future of Standard, where we were not going to have Jund. And there's very little black besides vampires. Now, I wonder if if Wizards might have seen something like this, and maybe we'll see some stronger black cards in M11. Just just something to think about. Or, I don't know. Uh, or, or in Scars. Or in Scars, exactly. Um, but I, I don't see them... I think they, they know, considering M11's only out for a couple months before Scars, they might start... They might have something in that that gives people... Uh, Something stronger in black. I mean, they nerfed blue pretty hard for a while. They did. They maybe did. it's uh, maybe it's black's turn. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they didn't nerf blue for that long though. Really. I mean, Zendikar. 
Because what happened was Lorwyn had cryptic command. You know, Lorwyn block. Lorwyn rotates, and people are expecting... Uh, M10 really didn't have much for blue. But people... Th- I remember talking to you about this when M10 came out. I was like, there's really not many good blue cards. Um, but you were like, oh, don't worry, you're going to get tons of stuff in Zendikar because they just didn't want to make blue stronger while fairies is around. And then it was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. And then Zendikar came around and it really wasn't anything. And so, yeah, the, I guess it was two sets that sort of nerfed well, there blue. there was Spreading Seas. There were, there were things. Spreading Seas only recently came about as being really good. You know, it was it showed up and spread them around worlds. But, you know, it, it really needed World Wake to really show up. Cancel was in Zendikar. Cancel was awesome. Cancel was in M10 also. I didn't say they didn't make blue cards. <laughs> what about Summoner's Bane? <laughs> You're being a dick. Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, they had all kinds of good stuff. So uh, if you guys want to read a pretty decent uh, write-up about the, the future of Standard uh, and how San Juan kind of shows us that future. Take a look at mananation.com and um, and there's an article from today, June 1st, by Jason Cook called Looking at San Juan's Block Format for the Future. Basically, he uh, he goes over kind of a lot of the things that we just mentioned in a little more depth. Um, and as far as, you know, the cards that look like they're going to make an impact, Jace, Gideon, and Vengevine already making an impact in standard don't really change, you know, nothing changes. It looks like that's still going to be the, the case. Um, uh, possibly the Avenger of Zendikar, Beastmaster Ascension, Oracle of Moldiah are, are some possible pickups, considering how cheap they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kargan Dragonlord, he mentions, um, it, it did make several mono-red deck lists in, as a four-of. Oh, yeah, every, every mono-red list yeah. is a four-of. Yeah, so... It, it's a mythic, but it's only ten bucks, and I say only ten bucks. But we know some other mythics that are a little more. If mono red gets any stronger, Cargan Dragon Lord, being that Cargan Dragon Lord is a four of in the list, and being a mythic, if it gets more popular, that's gonna, it might be up there with Vengevine. Uh, we might see it. I'm not saying it will. I'm not making a prediction here. I'm just saying it's one of those cards that it's a, a roughly ten dollar mythic, and that's cheap for a playable mythic. So, keep an eye on them. Grab them when you can. Comet Storm is another one. It's like two bucks. Right. And it, won't, it won't go up too much. No, but I the... mean, if it goes to five bucks and it's two bucks, that's something. Right. You know? It's it's a good red wrath that also doubles as win condition. You know. So uh, something to keep in mind. Lotus Cobra right now is only ten or twelve bucks too, and that one's showing up everywhere. Everywhere. So that's something to try to grab when you can. Um, if you've read anything that Kelly Reed's written recently, he's saying now is the time to start selling off some of that Alara, Alara block stuff before everybody starts selling it off and the price prices just plummet. Um, Elspeth, we we didn't mention the dual decks that were announced. Mm-hmm. Tezzeret versus Elspeth. Um, that could mean Elspeth is in M11 and, and Tezzeret. Those, I think that's a good prediction. I don't really feel like they'd release a dual decks for people three who, weeks before they were about to rotate out. Exactly. I don't think they're going to go. Let's uh, let's release this, and nobody will be able to play with with most most of the cards. Although, I mean, I guess you can't say because there are definitely cards in those lists. 
like fact or fiction in the Jace versus Chandra list and Counterspell, I mean, just off the top of my head, that aren't standard legal. So I guess I could be wrong, but I feel like they're going to market this to people to try to get them into the game. You know, dual decks aren't necessarily for players like you or me, exactly. We're not going, let's go get the new dual decks. We're like, we have all the cards, we'll just build the damn dual decks, or we'll build decks that we like anyway. So dual decks are more for people that want to just pick up a deck and play, and that usually means that they don't have uh, as many cards as some other people might. So uh, what my my point is dual decks are going to be marketed to people to maybe newer players or more casual players. And I think the faces of those decks are going to uh, benefit Wizards more if they're, they're faces that people can take and put into a standard deck, standard right. list. You know, right. they, they can go, I know I can't play this at FNM, but I really like my Planeswalker. I want to put that in my, in my deck. You know, this is the, the marquee card of this deck, of this white deck in this, this dual deck. Um, so... I want to play it, and that people are going to be disappointed if they can't. So that's at least some of my logic, and I think you know Johnny Goldmade is due for you know the garbage for for the moment. Uh, maybe not the garbage, but the, you know the uh, the back burner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he hasn't really seen any play. Um, since Somebody last year. was playing him on Sunday. He I hasn't was... really seen any play. Um, <laughs> I was just like. I just looked over and I was just like, yeah. I mean, he's going to show up. Every card's going to show up somewhere. Somebody was playing Norrin the Wary somewhere, you know? <laughs> but in general, God. I just don't think. You, I pulled that one right yeah, out of nowhere. Norrin the Wary <laughs> reference. Hot damn. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, I think. And I think a lot of the Lorewind Planeswalkers are due for a kind of, you know, backseat. You know, they've been around since 2007. They've been around None for three years. None of the Planeswalkers have rotated. Exactly. Not one Planeswalker has ever rotated. So, I really think that the blue one's going to be Tezzeret. I think, you know, he... he people People's argument against it is that he might be too strong with Shards block. I mean, Scars of Mirrodin block coming yeah, up. But, you know what? He's going to work well with it. That's the point. Right, and the guys who make these cards... They're aware. They play. <laughs> they play with the cards. Right, right. They are so, aware of the existence of Tezzeret, and if yeah. he was too strong. Oh crap, Tezzeret! Yeah, we just finished the whole thing. Oh, oh really? So yeah, so I think Tezzeret's definitely the blue one. I think Elspeth is. She's a great white planeswalker. She's a really good. I think she is a very good embodiment of white. She puts out soldier tokens. She's like very defensive, but also at the same time can can go on offense, right? She's offensive. No, and she loves to throw things in the air as Joe is mimicking. He's miming it. Too I'm much. miming the like cup your yeah. cup your hands <laughs> under their foot. Yeah, that's what else. She's like um, a catapult for people. Exactly. So, but no, she's very embodiment of white. She makes soldiers. Soldiers are perfect white. You know, the marquee white creature. We've got like elves for green and goblins for red, and. Uh, I don't even know. Like black could be vampires, right? It's vampires now. Yeah, and, and it, which, was, it was zombies. Blue is, is sphinx, but is that their big creature, or are they more like wizards? Merfolk, I guess, is more the blue. Merfolk Marquee. wizards, I think. Are, I think wizards. Yeah. Like there isn't like a that, that's like a class. It's not so much. A, yeah, exactly. A race. Wizards is probably the, uh, not the right thing. I'm Merfolk about, is definitely the the race, mm-hmm. and then like the iconic. Yeah, well, I mean, the white I- has angels. 
Right, right. right. So we you, they, have, they have like the little ones. Like demons would be the big, the big creature for black, right? Right, and so so it's probably merfolk and then sphinx. sphinx. Right, sphinxes. Sphinxes. Yeah. Is that how you? Say I'm it? pretty sure it's sphinxes. It's not sphinx eye or sphi or anything. sphinx. Uh, just just sphinx. Yeah. With apostrophe at the end of an X. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I just I want I want to see an X apostrophe really bad. I want to see Zv design a list with sphinxes, and he can call it Zvinx. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, she I think she embodies white, and I think uh, Jace is a, probably a better embodiment of blue. Both Jace's, being that he draws cards, and Jace the Mind Sculptor probably more because he's like you know more expensive, more expensive, exactly. So, uh, but no, Tezzeret I think is a good uh, Tezzeret. Blue is the artifact color, strangely enough. Like blue is the the guys that build and tinker and and all that kind of thing. So I mean, uh, blue is very uh, is the the color that interacts with artifacts. And so if we're gonna have an artifact block, I think Tezzeret just fits perfectly. And and them printing Jace the Mind Sculptor doesn't make any sense right now right. to reprint it so soon. There's it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and reprinting Jace Bellerin is almost just boring. Redundant and boring. Yeah, yeah, redundant, boring. He's been around and he's almost, you know, he's been outclassed. By exactly. Him, so by far by himself. Right. So so you have those, and then you have. Uh, the red planeswalkers we have are both Chandras, right? Are there any, there's no other red planeswalkers. So, right. so I think Soren could get reprinted. I think the, the thing with Nissa and Garrick, Nissa's too Garrick. It's going to be Garrick, or it's going to be a new one. Nissa is so narrow. That's the problem. And, and yeah. uh, Nissa's chosen probably isn't going to be in M11. Exactly. So Nissa will not be reprinted. I'll, I will say that right now. That's your prediction. That's not a prediction. That's a fact. <laughs> Nissa won't be reprinted. Nissa benefits elves and has and actually has the name, name of yeah, another the elf problem. on the card. Yeah. So that ain't gonna happen. Um, it's either gonna be Garrick or a new Something Green new. Planeswalker. Yeah. Um, and Garrick is good. I feel like Garrick's Garrick, great. Yeah, he's still really solid. Um, and I then did. there's Liliana and Soren, mm-hmm. uh, which. Liliana just hasn't done too much, but she's not as bad as as Nyssa. She's not like that narrow or anything, but she doesn't seem as strong. And, she, and even Soren hasn't seen as much play, although he's stronger. Soren is good, and I think that so, Soren will make the cut in M11. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I think Elspeth in white. Mm-hmm. I think Tezzeret in blue, and I think that printing Tezzeret at blue in a core set is going to be really good cross-promotion for Scars of Mirrodin. Because, you know, new player opens a Planeswalker. That's like the friggin' dream, right? Right. You get them a Planeswalker in their hand from a pack, and they're hooked. So they go, oh, Planeswalker that affects artifacts. But all these artifacts suck. I want a good artifact. Oh my god, an entire set of artifacts, you know, or whatever the hell it's going to be. Yeah. An entire set based around artifacts. I'm going to be playing the hell out of my Tezzeret. Like, right. It just seems like... So So now, here's the thing. Elspeth, before this announcement, was, what, a $40, $50 card? $50 card. Right. So now we have an opportunity to, to grab her alongside a Tezzeret for basically 20 bucks. Right. So she's going to drop... Somewhat. Right. But 
the fact that she's still relevant still makes her a good card to have. So um, if you've got them, sell them. And if you can get them cheap, get them. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. if you can figure, if you can tell people, you know, I'm not, I'm not trading for that more than 15, 20 bucks because it's going to be out in the dual decks in a couple months, that kind of thing. Right. Also, you could pull the old, old, uh, it might not be reprinted at least for the next few weeks, you know, uh, it's rotating kind of thing. Yeah. This is going to be like a really interesting thing. Like where does the price of Elspeth go? Yeah. Like I would, I would totally sell my Elspeths this weekend. Uh, uh-huh. um, were they not in my deck? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's I'm just keeping mine. I'm not even going through the trouble of like, I'm going to sell them and then rebuy them. Right. I'm just like, whatever. I bought mine at like 15 or 20 bucks each. So I'm just like, whatever. I'm just, keeping it it's not worth like going through this trouble to me to, to try to sell it high and then buy it low i i'm using them also like they're in my deck i don't really feel like going without them right so um you know sometimes it's things are just more trouble than they're worth like the whole turnaround card you know the whole i'm gonna flip this house kind of thing like i'm gonna buy low and sell high and it's like that's great if you can do it but it sometimes it takes some work right and you know, to me at this point, like I work forty hours a week and I edit a podcast and stuff. Like I don't have time to like go to tournaments and try to like trade with everybody trying to flip cards. You know, that's just not my my style anymore. So uh, that's me though. I mean, right. I, I and sometimes you're going to be in a position where you don't have the uh, the resources to to get every card you want or or anything, um, and you're that's going to be worth it to you right. to do that and I think that's where you are or at least have been in the past where you're like you are flipping cards so you can build things like Mythic without having a job yeah. you know so I mean but there's your you don't have a job so there's your work you're like I work 40 hours a week to build Mythic yeah. trading you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like th- that's kind of where it goes so yeah I'm, yeah, I'm going to be flipping the Christ out of some cards this weekend I'll tell you yeah. um, so, so speaking of this weekend the Star City Games open, open in Philadelphia, Joe will be there. I'm gonna try to make it. Um, gotta and, want it, and hopefully, yeah, I definitely gotta want, want it. it. I also gotta get my manager on board with it. You know, gotta. I don't get off work till 9 a.m. on Saturday, an hour before the tournament starts, and I work in D.C. So you can do the math and figure I'm not gonna get there in time to play. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say like, well, anyone who came from Philly down to the. Uh, down to the Grand Prix would know, but they wouldn't because it was actually like forty minutes outside of DC. Yeah, exactly. It was further. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. The uh, I, I'm going to try to make it. So hopefully we'll be there. But Joe will be there, rocking his UMTG tap shirt. I hope if it's washed, I gotta wash it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta um, do laundry like tonight or tomorrow morning anyway. So, so uh, anybody that's going to be there, um, come up and say hello, uh, and we'll be. At least uh, Joe will be tweeting. We're, we're gonna we're gonna cover it in some. We have the technologies right. to do things and stuff with things. Yeah. I'll be recording little five minute bursts, like I did uh, at the Grand Prix. At the Grand Prix, I wish I would have done more, frankly. But I mean, yeah. I did get some good stuff. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. like I didn't realize I didn't really didn't really click in my head. Like, oh, I could be recording stuff right now. You yeah. know, like, but I know now. So I'm like, I find somebody like, yo. Click, what's up? You know, like, right. and just try to snag an interview with some random fools. John Medina's gonna be there. That's right. Awesome. 
I, I really want to go just to meet John. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I can't make it in time for the tournament, but I'm going to drive up to Philly anyway. Help John pack to power. Yeah. So, I, I'm uh, going to I'm going to trade with John uh, pack to power. Awesome. Um, and uh, you know, uh, if there's one person who's going to, uh, you know, really uh, help skew. John's results. <laughs> you, probably you me. You want it to be you. It's probably going to be me. I'm probably going to give him a better deal than he deserves. But uh, well, we'll see. We'll we'll report on it. So ne- next week's episode, expect some coverage of Star City Games. Um, I also think next week we will have Dave Heilker from O2 Drop mm-hmm. on as well. Um, yeah, he expressed interest in casting with us next week, so we may have him on. And uh, at some point in the future, we will probably have Kelly Reed on via. Uh, the telephone, speakerphone technology. We so, have the technology. Yes, we do. So uh, we got mentioned on mole drifting. That's right. We had we had a mention on mole drifting. We had a mention on the mothership today. The mothership. In, God, uh, man, Adam Saborski. He must like. He he must. I don't know. Like get something. Like maybe the devil made a deal with him. Like maybe the devil really likes us. <laughs> and the devil was like Adam. Every time you mention. Uh, Yo, MTG taps on the mothership. Um, <laughs> I will grant you a wish. <laughs> I'll grant you a wish. And uh, and as long as the wish includes, like, you know, something evil, then uh, <laughs> then it's all good. <laughs> yeah, so so Adam Staborski mentioned us in Serious Fun today. Uh, it, the, the name of the article is A Boy in His Cube, not the Tom LaPilly version. We did post some pictures from GPDC on Facebook. We did something on Facebook. That's true. I actually signed on to Facebook the other day. Yeah, and, and you changed your profile image. I did. I changed my picture and everything. It's like I'm a member of the Facebook community. So that's all for this week, I suppose. You can contact us at yoMTGtaps at gmail.com. If you want some free stickers, send us your mailing address. We will send you some stickers. We have t-shirts available now. So if you want a t-shirt, do. send us an email... And we will uh, <laughs> we'll digitally transfer you a T-shirt. No, we will tell you. We we got to figure out like the sizes. We we have small through two XL. So we a, a couple of people have requested three XLs. They weren't even available at, from right. the place where I got them. So the biggest size we have is two XL. Um, all the shirts are eight bucks except for the two XLs, which are ten bucks. So if you want a T-shirt, send us an email expressing your interest. And telling us what size, and I will let you know what colors we have left because they are a variety of colors, and uh, and then you can choose, and we'll just have like something through PayPal or, or something uh, like that. We will have shirts this weekend, hopefully at the uh, at the Star City Open um, with us. So just let us know if you're interested. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps. You can follow me on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Uh, you can befriend us on Facebook or, or like us on Facebook or whatever it's I don't called even know now. How Facebook works anymore? Uh, we're on YouTube, although again we don't have much on there right yet. But we will. Didn't you? I, I have a video, video, but I didn't upload it. I have right. a video from Grand Prix DC of us talking in the hotel room about Royal Assassin versus Cunning Spark Mage. It was. It was. Just so you know, it was like we we talked about it for like an hour. We thought we recorded the conversation. But we didn't. Yeah, so it, just, it wasn't on my iPod. Yeah, whoops. I, and I was like, "Wow, it's not here." I don't know what happened. We have a voicemail line. We had a contest on our uh, um, for a free T-shirt, um, and uh, it basically all you had to do was call us 
and leave a voicemail message on our voicemail line, which is 331-MTG-TAPS. All we had to do was call and leave a voicemail message. Right. And we were going to pick the, our favorite one and give you a t-shirt. But you know what? Nobody left a voicemail message. So guess what? Nobody gets a t-shirt. Okay? Can I just have my t-shirt for free then? You didn't leave a voicemail. I'm You're just... right. I still have time though. It's, it ends June 1st. That's today. It was noon. Right June, now. It was before we recorded. Call June right 1st. It's, you're Call right now. It's, We're it's, done. It's, it's Thank you guys for listening. Hi, this is Joe uh, from Yo MTG Taps. I heard there was some kind of contest going on, but um, I was just making sure it wasn't too late to call in because I wanted to win the contest because I don't want to have to pay for my own shirt. So since I'm the only person who called in, does that mean I win? No. Joe just deleted him. Joe didn't want to give away a shirt. That's what happened. You didn't want to give away a shirt, so you deleted all the voicemails. And you're like, there aren't any voicemails. That's what it was. You were like, I don't want to give away a shirt. Like, once you had the shirt, you're like, I don't want to give any of these away. I'm keeping them all. Actually, that's not true. You keep one. So, anyway, just ignore this message. Um, or don't. And give me a free shirt. So, okay, bye. <laughs>